You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou Would you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, as we enter into the contemplation of all that you have done for the sake of our salvation, Bless now our meditation on this day when any words we add are more likely to obscure than reveal meaning. Bless us, bless my words, that they may be pleasing unto you. Bless us all as we receive your word through these readings and teach us your will and your way. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It was an ordinary, extraordinary day for Simon of Cyrene. I mean, we're told he was coming in out of the countryside, so it wasn't an ordinary work day, and he was, knew what to expect. He'd come to the festival in Jerusalem year after year after year, It wasn't an ordinary work day. It wasn't an extraordinary day. But he knew what to expect. As he joined the throngs gathered for the festival in Jerusalem. It's a strange thing to be part of a crowd. Often you don't know in one corner what's going on in the other corner of it. A friend of mine has a son who is a policeman in Philadelphia. And during the protests of this past year, he said there were three kinds of protesters. There were the neighborhood folk who just want change. They were respectful, appreciative of the policemen who patrolled their streets and kept them safe day after day. So then there were the Black Lives Matter people who were belligerent, trying to cause problems. Sometimes they wouldn't back off till a red dot on their chest showed them that somebody was training a gun upon them. And then there were the spoiled, mostly white, upper middle class kids from Antifa who'd been radicalized on the college campuses who wanted nothing more than to turn a protest into a riot. So usually, the polite people gathered for the right reasons had no idea what the others were doing until things got out of hand. I heard from someone else that it was the same way on January 6th. There was a media blackout, a cell phone blackout over the whole protest going on outside of our capital. And this person didn't know that the buildings had been invaded 
and it had turned violent till they were on the bus on the way home from the protest. Looking back, we probably think that everyone in Jerusalem knew what was going on with Jesus, but that's probably not true. Most people had gathered for the same festival they gathered for for years. But something far more momentous and violent was about to happen in their midst. And this ordinary, extraordinary day for Simon of Cyrene was to become truly extraordinary through his encounter with our Lord, where he was forced to, for a small part of that Via Dolorosa, that way of tears, carry Jesus' cross. Such moments of change, crises, come upon us unexpectedly. None of us anticipates the blow whereby we will be brought low or lower still. The unexpected diagnosis, the loss that comes in the phone call, the pink slip, the news that we won't be able to retire, these things which change our lives come at us in totally unanticipated fashion. And while it is true that crisis is the crucible whereby our character is revealed, for we of Christian faith who look to a suffering Savior, we know it is also the furnace within which our character is forged. Because when we're in our own strength, acting according to our own flesh, when we're feeling on top of the world, we tend to rely on our own gifts, our own resources, our own friendships and connections. But when the crisis comes, we learn to rely on God. And we learn the truth of the words that our Lord spoke to St. Paul when he asked that the thorn in his flesh be removed. 2 Corinthians 12.9 My grace is sufficient for you, for my, my power is made perfect in weakness. We want our share of the suffering in the world. For as Christ's cry lets us know in no uncertain terms. His cry, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We need our share of the suffering because we cannot shoulder the burden of His. On the cross, Christ is every person who has ever suffered at the hands of death, the devil, or sin. Our own or someone else's. We are told that we are redeemed as God made him to become sin who knew no sin. On the cross, Christ shoulders the burdens of the whole world. And so while it is our tendency to want to avoid suffering at all costs, we need to recognize the impossibility of that and enter into our suffering with Christ, 
Oswald Chambers, the great Presbyterian preacher, noted that if there's one thing we learn at Golgotha, it's that suffering is universal. There's three people crucified on Golgotha. There's the penitent thief, which hopefully is our example, the one who transgressed but confessed his sin and sought Jesus. There's the impenitent thief, the unrighteous. And there's Christ himself. All three suffer. So as we live our lives in this world, the question is not whether we will suffer. It's whether we will enter into our suffering willingly, embracing it as a season that can transform us through our relationship with Jesus as Simon's suffering undoubtedly transformed him. We either accept our suffering that comes at us in that way or we reject it. And with our rejection comes the rejection of all the possibilities for self-transcendence that it offers. Malcolm Muggeridge, who was probably one of the most influential journalists in the 20th century, who in the middle of his very public career became a Christian because it was the only way he could make sense of the suffering he covered every day in the news, wrote this toward the end of his life. He said, Contrary to what might be expected, I look back on experiences that at the time seemed especially desolating and painful with particular satisfaction. Indeed, I can say with complete truthfulness that everything I have learned in my 75 years in this world, everything that has truly enhanced and enlightened my experience has been through affliction and not through happiness. While we praise God from the mountaintop is when we know Him in our suffering and know that He joins us in our suffering, that we can learn the truth of Romans 8.28, that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Let us learn this truth together with our Lord as we await the resurrection victory that His suffering wrought for us. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Lord, while we try to avoid suffering in our weakness, when it comes upon us and we cannot avoid it, we thank you, Lord, that you have joined us in it. And we pray that you would help us walk out the journey of our sufferings in this life knowing that your suffering has wrought our redemption and that our suffering can make us transform our character to be more like yours. Bless us, Lord, not only with courage and endurance and faith in our suffering, but also with the great hope of the resurrection victory that this week will proclaim to us on the far side of suffering.
This we ask in your precious name, Jesus, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Sleeping my presence, my life